0: Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Niamh Solicitors, your complete legal solution.
1: Welcome to The Parent Show on Radio Verlam, 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elkoury. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now, tonight's show is all about counseling and couple counseling in particular and it's well known that being a parent puts a strain on many relationships and especially the relationship with your partner. There are so many new challenges and strains that can often break down relationships. But can they be repaired? That's what we want to talk about on the show. Can we come back from the loss of romance and warmth to getting what we had before before the children arrived? So this week on The Parents Show, we're speaking to Sue Witkins, who is the co-founder and director of Encounter Learning Centre. And she's a consultant therapist and a trainer specifically for couples. So um really looking forward to picking Sue's brain about all the things we can do to bring the romance and love back into our relationships and Sue helps couples master and improve relationships and she's helped thousands of people wanting to find the tools and skills they need to deal with their unique set of challenges and Sue is in the studio with us this evening how are you Sue? I am
2: very pleased to be here
1: and we're extremely pleased to be to have you in the studio it's it's such a Sensitive subject, isn't it? With it is with, for for parents, or you know, of course, as children come along, things get a little bit more difficult. I'm being diplomatic here, am I? Surely, <laughs> yeah. Things get very difficult, don't they? And um, and and they challenge our relationships. And is that just to be expected that parents grow apart to a certain extent? Sue,
2: you know, absolutely. The parents come in and they say this dreadful thing is happening we've got no romance we just don't know what to do with each other we don't even like each other anymore <laughs> and i say to them take a deep breath this is exactly what's supposed to be happening and it's part of the normal expansion a family has to go through because all of a sudden you are shifting into new shapes in the family to accommodate this tiny little moppet of humanity that takes the space of the whole house yeah and the energy as well and the energy That's the energy sleeplessness has to I'm sure
1: plays a role in kind of how the relationships degenerate as well
2: that too and it's really hard because for a man for instance he feels like suddenly his wife has fallen in love with someone else and she has kinda yeah she has quite often so there's a whole rejigging of relationships But that sort of stress is not necessarily bad. And if couples can take a deep breath and say, actually, what we're going through is normal, now what are we going to do about it, then they're in a much better place to deal with it than beginning to pathologize it and say, you know, we're falling apart at the seams and I'm together with the wrong partner and all those stories are concerned. It's up. all a big mistake.
1: It's all a big mistake. <laughs> but that well that that must be a huge relief to so many parents out there because I'm sure everybody has definitely had slumps and low points and um to know that that's mm. pretty normal is is a huge relief. I know as a parent, you know, and as a wife, it, it is a massive relief to know that that's normal. And that the one couple who live in the area that I live in that mm. actually walk around holding hands <laughs> are not the normal ones. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody comments, it's
2: like, that they, they still hold hands. That's amazing. Well, I have to say my husband and I often hold hands. But then we're at the other end where we've now got grandchildren. So
0: we've survived. You're, you're in the sublime period. We're in a sublime period (laughs) fantastic so so you just used that um, word actually survived we hear people saying you know we're just about surviving we're getting through what do you think it means to be in a survival mode in a relationship or a marriage yeah that's a really
2: interesting question because survival mode means that you have drawn what i call your survival suit around you and you're in isolation you're in coping mode And we as humans, we are wired for connection. And when we feel disconnected, we cope with it, but we don't flourish. So when a family is stressed, they're all in their survival suits and in survival mode. And then you don't think well and you don't react well. But to say that this is a bad thing would be to go back to what we were just saying that this thing shouldn't happen. Of course, all families get stressed it's what you do with the stress that really matters and that's where some help in terms of how do you connect with each other and really part of what I teach couples and parents is this that we as humans because we are wired for connection we sense the spaces around us all the time and when our relationship space becomes polluted then everybody climbs in their survival suit because it's not feeling good. So what do you do when everybody's in the survival suit? They're reacting to what's in the space, all that pollution. Now, if you don't know how to clean that pollution out of the space, you've got, as they say, a technical problem. (laughs) And don't forget these children are growing up then in that polluted space. And we all know this. When I tell couples this, they start nodding because I'm now describing something they intrinsically know. So I teach couples to become more aware of what is the space feeling like because we all uh, sense that space. We read the climate in the space very, very accurately, even tiny babies. There's been lots of research to prove that. So if we read the space so accurately, we need to pay attention to it. The other thing I tell couples is that research tells us good communication is 93% percent nonverbal and 7% words. So should we not pay some attention to the 93%? <laughs> Just a bit. A bit. Because actually we can say a lot more in the 93% than we can say in the 7% words. So we really work in that 93% zone. We teach couples about how to keep the space between them clean so that they and the children can really flourish in that warm, safe space. And we teach them the skills about how to do that. We teach them about the fact that everybody is their own unique world and then we have to learn how to cross out of our own world, cross a bridge and land in the world of the other and get to know who they really are, not who we think they are. So we use some really powerful metaphors that are just very helpful for parents and for couples.
0: One of the things, Sue, I was just wondering, is if you ever talk about love languages. Is that something that comes up? (laughs) Absolutely. Dr. Gary Chapman's
2: work on love languages, we teach in our couples workshop, the five love languages, is an absolute gem of a piece. And it really does speak to helping couples understand that we have unique wills, each and every one of us. And here's the shocking fact, 100% of the time, we're different to each other. I mean, the universe is having a laugh at us, <laughs> that it thinks we can hold relationships together when we are 100% of the time uniquely different. But in that difference lies some of the spice and the magic of a couple. And in that, we use the five love languages. Can you tell us a bit more? I've never heard of the five long love languages. I've them. never
1: heard of it. i have never heard of the i <laughs> I've Good been heavens. living under a stone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, in a nutshell, it goes like this. We all come out of our childhood with a favorite of one of five languages of love. So, it might be giving gifts. The way we speak love, our love language is giving gifts. Or it might be um, touch. And that's not just sex. That's You know, the pat on the shoulder, it's holding hands, it's the snuggling on the couch. So for some people, when they talk love, they talk touch. For others, it is quality time together. That's one of my favorites. If I want to speak my language of love to Brett, I say, let's go for coffee. Guess what? His language of love is not quality time together. It happens to be acts of service. So before we knew about the five love languages, what would happen is, of course, he would be speaking his love language to me, which would be stacking the dishwasher, which I appreciated, but it certainly didn't fill my emotional tank. And I would be speaking my language of love to him, which is let's go for coffee, which was kind of nice, but didn't really fill his emotional tank. And so we were at cross purposes. So the the beauty of Gary Chapman's little piece of work there is to help you understand, well, what is my language of love that I came out of my childhood with? There's one predominant one. And do I speak it? Yes. Does my partner know about it? This could be a good thing. Should I know my partners? So that we can actually get the benefit of that. It sounds great. Never, ever heard of it. it's it's and it's so applicable because of course each child you have has Mm -hmm. their own language of love too so i might be speaking quality time to i've got five children and two stepchildren and currently 10 grandchildren fantastic we've got a lot of languages (laughs) going on there so i have to tune in and out in various languages so to speak yeah fantastic Mm. it sounds great so that sounds like it's definitely worth a read
1: it's a great book to read he's got several out so is it always is it always possible for intimacy to stay part of a relationship or
2: is it always possible to keep it alive you know i'd like to come in to that question through a different door okay i want to go back to the space yeah if the space between a couple is feeling polluted With shaming, blaming, criticizing, judgments, eye-rolling. You know, here we're back to the 93%. You don't have to say a word to pollute the space. It can be that sigh, that eye-roll, the eyebrow going up. If the space is full of that pollution, do you think a couple wants to be intimate in any way, sexually or otherwise? Because by then it's feeling very unsafe. So... You've both intimacy, got your survival suits. On. You're in a survival suit. Yeah. It's like two people in a coat of armour. You know, it's a bit difficult to get things on when you're in a, yeah. a tin suit of armour. <laughs> so intimacy is really quite a natural outpouring of a clean space. And it will naturally driggle away when the space is polluted because your attention then is on reacting to that space rather than on resolving anything. And is it always possible to clean the space? You know, I think with two willing people, yes. Great. It's not possible to do it just with one person. I think you can go a long way to cleaning the space by... ...catching yourself and saying, do I really want to put that criticism, that judgment, that eye roll into the space? But when it comes to a relationship, it's very much a co-created thing. So you can have one partner who is polluting like mad... ...and the other who is more consciously trying to create a different space. Now when that happens, it's really interesting... ...because it seems like a magnetic force starts to happen... ...where the partner who is being more aware and more conscious of the space begins to positively impact the other. And when I used to do individual work, people would come in, they would do their own personal work, they'd learn about this, they'd turn around and apply it at home and sooner or later their partner would pitch up either for some work or at one of our couple's workshops because they would say something's different. Yeah. He or she is different and it arouses their curiosity.
1: I suppose one has a survival suit off so the other person's feeling a bit silly maybe standing there (laughs) with this (laughs) coat of suit of armor on and all ready for a fight and there isn't a fight to be had maybe.
2: I think you could be right. (laughs) You know, and I like to say that survival suit we form when we're very young because the world's quite a tough place, no matter how good or bad our family is. And that survival suit first forms as a protection. But by the time we're talking about it in couples, it's now become a prison. Yeah. And some people don't know quite how to unzip themselves out of the survival suit. And what helps that unzipping... Is if the space begins to feel warm and safe and open, then they might cautiously begin to think it's a bit hot and sweaty inside my <laughs> suit of armor, yeah. and I might think about taking a few pieces off. Great. And and what kind of? Can you give us examples of
1: what kind of things would would detoxify the space, or is it, is that is it appropriate
2: now? You know, that's part of what I teach couples. I teach them something called the three invisible connectors, how to create the conditions for connection. And those are being aware of the space and choosing moment by moment, what am I going to put in the space? Am I going to put love, appreciation, gratitude, curiosity, or am I going to put my judgment, my criticism and all of that? The other thing is to be aware that we're all connected. And if we had time, I'd talk quite a bit about how our brains are literally linked together in something called the limbic bridge. And I use the metaphor of a bridge from world to world. It really is, there is a a physical brain bridge operating between a couple. Um, And how to use that bridge to strengthen the relationship. Because that ability to read can work positively where we read the good things or it can work negatively where we sense that there's judgment in the space even if a word has not been said and the third invisible connector is something i call the encounter and the encounter is that moment where you really feel got by somebody i know it's not good english but i have yet to find a better way to say (laughs) it And couples generally have moments like those, quite a lot of those, when they first fall in love. And they're actually being assisted by a chemical process in their body, which is a very interesting piece to know. And when they feel that magical connection, that encounter, that's when they think this person is safe, wonderful, the space between us, the climate is wonderful, I want to live here. And then the pollution begins to come along,
1: and it, it accelerates no end when the children arrive. <laughs>
2: well, yes, they have <laughs> this—they um, have this wonderful ability to push us right to our growth edge. Yeah. A growth edge is right; it is the the boundary of what we know. We don't have a map for what lies beyond that, and children will push us right to that edge and say, "Jump." and parents really do the best they can with what they have in that moment it's the most amazing growth gift to have a child absolutely and so
1: if the if you want to get rid of the pollution between yourself and your partner is i know this is probably a really silly question is there (laughs) is there a period of time you can
2: expect that to happen over is it just it's completely unpredictable You know, that's a very good question because I'm going to go back to bodies. Actually, there is a good time to do it. And that is when you are calm in your body. Because when you get reactive or triggered by something, there's a whole chemical process that happens in your body called a cortisol dump that in essence puts you right down in the the lower reaches of the brain, which is, you could say, your seven-year-old brain. And when you're down there, you do not have good access to your higher cortex where you think, plan, organize and and are rational. So if you are going to try and deal with pollution when you're down in your seven-year-old brain, you've got a real problem. And here's the fascinating thing they're finding now with research is that if I go into a cortisol dump and land in 0.3 of a second in my seven-year-old brain, I mean how on earth do they measure that yeah what they we now know is because we are wired to connect and read each other whoever is with me let's say my beloved husband Brett will within 0.3 of a second go into a cortisol dump as well isn't that amazing that is mind-blowing so now here you have two adults down in their seven-year-old brains now, when I teach this in the workshops, there's a ripple of laughter that goes around the room because we know yeah. what I'm describing. Yeah. Now, that is no place then to try and deal with pollution. You cannot sit down and have a calm, collected conversation. You actually have to honor what's happened in your body and say, let's hit the pause button here because right now, I'm in a cortisol dump, if you know about it, or I'm ready to do you a damage, you need to go away. And it takes a, around about 20 minutes to kind of begin to get back up into your higher brain, where you can then start to have a conversation and start to clean some of that pollution out the space. And that is such an important thing to know, especially when you're parenting. Because guess what? Children will push us into cortisol dumps regularly through the day and when you're in a cortisol dump because your kid has pushed you into one you're in your seven-year-old brain and we've all had that wonderful experience where we are facing down a toddler and saying if you don't just yeah. and you kind of totally lost it because you're in your seven-year-old brain
0: yeah. so even knowing how your body works is very helpful in parenting so there's a lot of sense Sue, in in saying Count to 10 before you speak. Oh, boy, is there. (laughs) (laughs) Count to 10 and breathe. Because as you
2: breathe out, you're calming your nervous system, which is helping your body to begin to turn the corner and get back up into the higher
0: cortex where we spend most of our adult day. Sue, one thing that friends have often shared is that they've noticed that um, their partner becomes almost a bit too kind, too polite too nice, you know the things you see in films where suddenly um, it, it, it's kind of like they're glossing over things and that, mm. that can be a sign is that is that right? Do you see that? Mm. This is, I call it um, the person
2: committed to avoiding conflict Okay. they have this wonderful theory that if you can avoid conflict it will drift away somewhere things will settle down and mm. the connection will come back Um, And while there is, of course, some benefit in not going ahead on collision for everything, it's very, very important that couples take time to go back to those sticky points and share in a way that I teach couples what was happening for them. So they're not really talking about what the partner did that pissed them off, but they're talking about what happened inside of me in that moment. And when you can share in that way, then the pollution begins to clean out of the space. And the sense of connection and togetherness, the team gets reformed.
0: And the other um, sort of thing I wanted to ask you about was when people talk about there being three relationships. Yeah, three people in a relationship. So there's me, there's my partner, and then my partner and I together is the third relationship. Is that, does that have any kind of... Hmm. you know sense to you or make any sense or is that just you know it it does because actually we
2: are both individual and one so there very much is Sue and there very much is Brett and we have relationships with ourselves and then there is I like to call it a third entity which is that relational space And we are doing such a lot of research at the moment about the relational space because it literally has a power in it for phenomenal growth and healing if couples can access it. It's a very cutting-edge part of what we're studying in couples therapy right now. And I know in the way I work that when I teach couples to Pay attention to that third entity, or the third relationship, as you would call it, Shirley. Mm-hmm. That in that moment, they have far more access to wisdom than I could ever teach them or give them. I, in essence, sit back and watch them take off. It's very exciting mm-hmm. work to do. Gosh, and um, practically, what could you give us an
1: example of what that space could entail? So I'm I'm a bit thick. <laughs> 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 I, I i'm conceptually i i get what you're saying but what i mean practically can i or is it is it just can it not be brought down to nuts and
2: bolts can it be brought down to nuts and bolts i think we're going to go into philosophy if we head down that question okay it's a wonderful question and i might be able to answer it if we had more time okay but I think what you are pointing at is how do we take something we kind of know intuitively and put legs on it. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's it, that's
1: it. And um, but it's it, it sounds fascinating that there's so much research going on all the mm. time in, in in couples therapy and that it's developing all the
2: time. It is. I'm involved in a research project that's very exciting. It's a
0: wonderful time to be doing this work. Should we take a short break and then maybe we could explore that a little bit after because it does sound exciting. So thank you so far, Sue, for everything you've shared with us. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes.
1: tonight we're speaking to Sue Wingens. Did I get it right, Sue? You did. I had to concentrate quite a bit there. Um, A wonderful couples counsellor and um, Sue is the co-founder and director of the Encounter Learning Centre and she helps couples to master and improve relationships and we've been speaking to Sue for the last 20 minutes about about how, how parents can cope with challenges in their relationships. And we're talking about therapy as well. And Sue, can you tell us what would be the ripple out effect of going to therapy on children? How I mean obviously their parents are happier if they're mm. going to therapy. So how how does it affect children in your opinion?
2: You know, it's one of the biggest gifts you can actually give your children because as the couple learns within their relationship how to monitor the space how to clean the space how to move into connection they automatically turn around and apply all of that to the relationships they're having with their children because whatever has been happening between them in terms of how they polluted the space as a couple they've been polluting the space unwittingly with each child so when the parent comes in with a new understanding of I have a space between me and Johnny as well and that. I can pollute that space with sighs and eye rollings and shouting and criticism, all of that stuff, then it's a very automatic thing. And so children really begin to thrive as the spaces grow cleaner and warmer and more quickly dealt with. And that really, really helps brain development. Because what's happening is you're then creating optimal conditions for optimal brain development in the child. And what's happening is in the frontal cortex, that child is beginning to grow neural networks down into their little limbic brains, which is the emotional center of the brain, down which a wonderful stuff can travel called, let me see if I can get this right, gamma-lineolaic lili- gamma lili- acid. Mm, I call gab- it gabagoo. I think
1: you're right. I'm going to stick with gabagoo.
2: Gabagoo. <laughs> so gabagoo goes from the frontal cortex all the way down these neural Kind of networks into the limbic brain and calm the limbic brain. So when a child experiences that because the parent is keeping the space clean and warm and not polluting it, then they've got those neural networks. Half of what I do is when the adults come in, the parents, I actually take them through a process of growing those neural networks down to their limbic brain because they probably didn't have that opportunity as adults as children rather so in doing that they can calm their own limbic system they can do it for the children the children have optimal brain development it's fabulous wow
1: i i'm blown away that's such a fantastic idea and i I just i can't believe that it would have that much of a a physical actual effect on the children
0: that's brilliant Mm. did you know this shirley i've You're heard in- a little bit i have to say i wouldn't know any of those terms that sue's um, sharing with us but <laughs> Sorry, i have, just got you didn't know about
2: gabagoo <laughs> uh,
0: no <laughs> but i mean it just shows what a responsibility it is doesn't it to be a parent um, we know that we know that of course we yeah, do but yeah. but the emotional climate that we bring the children or the child up just can affect them for the rest of their life into their own marriage and relationships and yeah you know can can you ever get cleaned up (laughs) so that's it i mean you sound you seem so serene and calm in here
1: beautiful your your space is obviously completely clean
2: completely (laughs) absolutely like mary poppins (laughs) I'm practically perfect in every way until it's my own children and i can lose it very easily because they can press my buttons the quickest thank goodness i know how to clean a space yeah because we have a saying in my family um if you mess in the space you clean the space i like it that's a very good idea Mm. so yes you know all of us your breath gets taken away what are we doing parenting we're totally inadequate for the job when you look Mm. at what i'm just saying But the wonderful thing is the brain is plastic, it can grow and change every single moment of every single day. And so couples who come in and get this basic understanding and skills can rapidly change because now they've got a map. They know kind of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And when that happens, then everybody's brains can start changing for the better which is a very exciting thing to very do. Very exciting, indeed.
1: And you said the word, the magic word, rapidly. Can it actually happen quickly? Yes.
2: That's amazing. So, Dr. Dan Siegel is doing a lot of work in this, and I highly recommend his books on parenting because he has this wonderful ability to take vast research and put it into very easy-to-read books. Um, and he's saying that, actually, in terms of our um, bringing up children, we can change our own neurochemistry in three to four months now you think oh yeah it's still a long time but actually it's it's brilliant yeah it's phenomenal it's phenomenal it's part of the reason why i do intensives with couples i will work with a couple two days at a time or in half a day times four because of what we now know about how the brain works and how quickly we can affect change if you give it the
0: right intensity. Sue, one thing, you know, I've worked as a teacher for many, many years and I see children that spend one weekend with, say, mum mm-hmm. and then the next weekend they're at dad. So they've got different households, different spaces that they're living in mm. and maybe one of the families is a little bit more emotionally stable than the other one. You know, that is that, if you're saying the brain can change quite quickly, could the brain be feeling better, healthier, and then it can be taken right back again the next weekend. Mm -hmm. It is challenging, no doubt about it, Um,
2: that if a child moves from people who know how to keep the space quite clean to a family scenario the next weekend where there's a lot of pollution, it's hard. But here's the interesting thing. Because we are wired for growth and healing as humans, it's like the good stuff tends to weigh in with more... Um, ...power than the bad stuff. Wow. Yes. That when a child has a secure, clean, well-attached space, they actually are phenomenally resilient. That's not to say they won't show signs of wear and tear, Mm. but they actually have an inbuilt resilience, as we all do. And there's a a common theme in the parent
1: show that... (laughs) I've realized after <laughs> nearly five years of doing it that that modeling is, is such an important thing as a parent. And and I think that's
2: kind of what it is part of what you're saying as well. You know, but a specific type of modeling. Um, we all hold this fantasy that if we can model perfect calm sereneness, merry poppingness, as I call it, huh? that we would have these well developed children. Actually, children need to see us lose it and they need to see how we clean up mm. and how we move back into connection. So that cycle of connection, a perception of rupture of that connection and the repair back into connection is the best gift you can give your children. And I take a lot of courage from that because I would have to do a lot of repairing that sounds great it, it
1: and the great then the message i'm taking out of everything you're saying is so much hope and light like there is yes. for pa- for for parents friends you know people you know that are you know you know they're in a dark place but it's 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 normal it's yeah and and there is a way ahead and there is a way ahead and rapidly you said it Sue. and rapidly (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) um now i just wanted to ask you a couple more questions now i think some people feel that therapy is the last chance saloon and if that doesn't work there's no hope anymore do you find that puts parents off coming to you and do you have any advice for parents who are listening who just think oh no not not my thing therapy you know if i go there if it doesn't work that's it it's over there's no more hope
2: there is a fear that you know if i've made this last chance saloon and it doesn't work then i'm really faced with it. i've got it now call it quits no doubt about that usually at some point the pain and desperation outweighs and people will pitch up at my door or at somebody's door because we are wired as humans to healing and or growth and healing we are intrinsically wired that way so all the conflict that goes on between a couple if you turn it over actually is just the longing for reconnection so it's that longing for reconnection that propels them to what they absolutely don't want to do which is come in and do some work and now we're coming we're coming towards the end
1: on, although we'd like to keep you on for another couple of <laughs> hours if you don't mind Sue but unfortunately the country hours on in about 10 minutes um, we um, talk to us a little bit I brought it up at the beginning it was maybe a bit too premature about keeping intimacy alive so you said mm. clean the space and intimacy normally just kind of the warmth comes back into a relationship is there anything you'd like to add to that?
2: You know Some couples are going to need some mentoring and guiding to clean the space up and to move through that. And if there are problems in the background around any sexual abuse or anything, that's going to make it really difficult. But again, because we are wired to connect, most times, not every time, but most time, if the space gets cleared out, then a natural intimacy develops. And a natural physicality develops. And you may not get the hot sex you had before the kids, but you have a far more robust, deep, um, juicy kind of sex.
1: There you go. There's so many parents blushing around St. Albans <laughs> now at the moment listening. <laughs> but it, it is such a taboo, isn't it? It's a subject yes. nobody wants to talk mm. about. Intimacy post-kids, problems post-kids, the, the, how your relationship has been transformed. So it's, it's awesome for me it's as a parent huge. and for our listeners to get to hear you, yeah. your, your take on it, Sue. Now, if a couple wanted to come to therapy to you, ha- tell us how it works.
2: Well, as I think I said before, I only work in intensives, and that's because of the new research coming about how our brains work. So a couple coming to me will have an option. They come in for um, two days, 9 o'clock till 6 o'clock, and there is huge transformational change because they spend those two days face-to-face talking to each other and not me Um, in a way that the time couples say it can't be a whole day or else four half days and that is a fairly new thing I brought back in I used to work that way because we have situations like moms who are breastfeeding and can't spend a whole day with me so four half days and we do that because specifically how the brain works which we don't have time to go into but that's another very exciting piece
1: yeah but you've touched on it which is fascinating I mean I didn't realize that like literally through therapy that you're kind of
2: reconfiguring
1: the brain yes just, you
2: are in just, fact dr dan siegel says you're actually doing microsurgery in the brain when you're doing this sort of therapy nuts it's I, nuts yeah it it's is. a very exciting time to be doing this very exciting time
1: and uh, it's been wonderful talking to you sue and thank you so much for coming on the parents
2: show this evening oh, it's been a delight as you can hear i'm passionate about it so you are and giving a sh- chance to Talk about it. It's great. It, and I'm
1: sure you've helped an awful lot
0: of people around here. So we'll be putting Sue's contact. We've done it, yeah. You've done it. So all her, all her information is on on our website. So please do have a look at it. Sue, where are you based when you say people come to you? I've got a home office in Harpenden. Right, so nice and local for us. Yeah.
2: And we do couples workshops as well, three day couple workshops in Welling Garden City, where we teach couples all the stuff about the space and how to cross the bridge and really listen to each other fantastic sounds like a wonderful opportunity mm-hmm. thank so, you thank, thank you very you. much indeed it's a pleasure
0: so Shirley, it's all on our website it's all on our Facebook page I bet it is bike. everything's there yep so just go there and check it and I really would say to people have a look on Sue's website you know I just was looking at it tonight as we were on air and it just looks so unique and interesting and inspirational doesn't yeah, it when yeah. I was doing a bit of research for the show yeah. I had a peek through it and it's
1: just it's phenomenal it's, it's so many so many taboos and I think so many it's challenging so many of our assumptions you know that uh, you know if things aren't going well it's really bad like she said like being path pathological you know when you just if things mm. aren't going well you just assume that you know that's it your relationship's toast so she gives so much hope and positivity doesn't she for
0: parents that might be absolutely and and lydia i mean we've sat with her and talked tonight haven't we and she is a very very calming isn't yeah, she yeah and just
1: sincere very lovely genuine yeah person i'd say um i'm sure um People who go to therapy with Zoo just have a, have a phenomenal experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great stuff. Well, we're coming to the end of the parent show. Thank you very much for listening. It's um, been our pleasure. I'm Lydia Elkouri. And I'm Shirley Heyman. If there's a subject you'd like us to cover, just let us know. We'd be delighted to do so. Um, give us a Drop us an email on show at radioverulam.com or you can drop onto our Facebook page and tell us what you'd like us to be talking about.
0: Thanks a million and goodbye. Good night. Neve's solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life visit NevesSolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution.